please open your Bibles to John 5, 25-29. If you are using the Pew Bible, you'll find the reading at page 890. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in Himself, so He has granted to the Son also to have life in Himself. And He has given Him authority to execute judgment, because He is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear His voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. May God bless to our understanding this reading from His Holy Word. Let's pray. Father, it is sobering to remember that we will stand before You face to face and be judged according to our works. We thank You that Jesus Christ has been judged according to His works and has been found perfectly righteous. And we thank You again that He took our works upon Himself and became sin for us and passed through the storm of Your righteous judgment in our behalf. And so as we consider the day of judgment, as we consider the resurrection to life, the resurrection to judgment, we are heartened as we cast our gaze fully and completely upon Jesus Christ our Lord in whose name we pray. Amen. Americans believe in the resurrection and in the final judgment. Now, if you listen to the voices in the media, you'd think that the belief in the resurrection and the final judgment, have these beliefs are so outdated, they've passed out of existence except for the, uh, the few narrow-minded Bible thumpers. Um, surely, uh, less believe in the resurrection and, and in the final judgment than a generation ago. But a recent Rasmussen uh, poll of Americans found that 64% of people believe that Jesus Christ really did rise from the dead as described in the Bible. And only 19% completely rejected the Christian belief in the resurrection. Uh, the uh, Pew Research poll of Americans found that 76 pe 76% of people believe that we will all be called before God on the great day of judgment uh, to answer for our sins. And 80% of Americans say that they never doubt God's existence. 
through polls done 2012-2013. The Rasmussen poll was uh, quoted in the the Huffington uh, Post, uh, which is a a pretty liberal blog or, or news outlet. And so they were absolutely shocked that that uh, so many Americans believe in um, that Jesus Christ really did rise from the dead. So this is um, these are some some statistics. Uh, the numbers have certainly gone down uh, recently. Uh, but it's my firm belief that it is more a result of a media campaign against Christianity uh, rather than a result of people intellectually rejecting Christianity. But still, it was amazing to me that a very solid majority, two-thirds, believe that Jesus Christ really did rise from the dead as described in the Bible. I mentioned these polls, but truth is not built upon opinion polls. The truth is found in God's Word. And the Bible says that there will be a resurrection of life and a resurrection of judgment. Uh, Jack just read from our passage this morning that said exactly that. Our Savior, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said there will be a resurrection of life and a resurrection of judgment. At the end of history, Jesus will return to earth. He will call forth all people who have ever lived. The dead will rise from their graves. Their bodies will be reconstituted. Uh, it won't. Their bodies won't be won't quite be like our bodies that we have now, uh, but they will be actual bodies. Um, our, the bodies that we receive at the end of history will be imperishable. Um, they will not grow older. They will never die. Small and great alike will receive new bodies at the resurrection when Jesus Christ comes back at the end of history. Uh, Small and great alike, righteous and wicked alike will receive these bodies. Will the, the bodies of the righteous be any different than the bodies of the wicked? I don't know. Um... But the Bible teaches that everyone will rise from the grave. And in these reconstituted bodies, or we could call them glorified bodies, uh, we will all be standing before the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we read in our responsive reading from Revelation chapter 20, He will have the book of judgment open. Other books will be open. The book of life will be open. And He will judge each person according to what they have done. Again, to remind you, uh, from Revelation 20, verses 11 through 13, we read it in our responsive reading, Then I saw a great white throne, and him, who's, and, and him who was seated on it from his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, 
standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and, death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each of them, according to what they had done. Or we could even uh, paraphrase it and say, according to what we will have done. Because we will be there on that great, glorious, and awesome day. On a side note, the souls of all people, when they, when we die, if we belong to Jesus, we go immediately into God's presence. If we don't belong to Jesus, our souls go to hell. But at the end of history, everyone who has ever died, in some miraculous manner, their bodies will be reconstituted. We will receive a new body. We will not be angels. We will not be spirits. Um, we will not be disembodied souls for all eternity. We will have true and real glorified bodies. And we will all, in our glorified bodies, be standing before Jesus Christ on the great day of judgment. And so Jesus says this in verses 28 and 29 in His discussion with the Pharisees and religious leaders. He says, Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear His voice and come out those who have done good to the resurrection of life, those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. And Jesus is mentioning here in verses 28 and 29, and just to let you know, in my outline, I'm working backwards. I think it'll, it will help us understand the flow of the argument by working backwards to get the main point of emphasis at the end. Uh, which would be found in verse 25 and 26. But we're, so we're going to work our way back. Jesus is talking here to the Pharisees uh, about the, the judgment at the end of the world, about the resurrection of the righteous and the resurrection of judgment. Uh, this is something that the Pharisees would strongly agree with Jesus about. Um, the Pharisees strongly believed in the resurrection of life and the resurrection of judgment. You can rem if you remember uh, in the book of Acts when, when the, uh, the Pharisees were getting ready to tear Paul apart, uh, he cried out, I am here on, in, in being put on trial because of my belief in the resurrection. And then all of a sudden, all the Pharisees turned over to Paul's position and began defending the resurrection and the resurrection of the dead. So they strongly believe this. This is why Jesus says, do not marvel at this. Because this is something He's saying to them, you already know and agree with. But He did say something in the previous verse, verse 27, that they violently 
disagreed with. Look at verse 27. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. In other words, what he's telling them on the day of judgment, that he himself, Jesus Christ, will be the one sitting on the throne of judgment. He will be the one who is executing the judgment. And to make it really clear, he used the term Son of Man. Verse 27, uh, He has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. This is an overt uh, reference to Christ's identity as the Messiah. He's not hiding his identity as the Messiah by using the term Son of Man. Because what he's doing is he is uh, referencing the famous passage in, in Daniel chapter 7 where the Messiah is spoken of as the Son of Man. So Daniel chapter 7, Daniel says, As I look, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames, its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came out from before him. A thousand thousand served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were opened. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. And he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. And so this is the prototypical prophecy of the Messiah. Daniel saw one like a son of man. And to make this really clear, Jesus, even though in our English translation it has the definite article, Jesus did not use the definite article in, in verse 27. It, uh, literally it would be because he is a son of man, uh, the, the, to tie it directly with Daniel 7. Our English uh, translators have included the definite article because they know that it would confuse English readers. Um, but he is tying what he is saying about sitting in judgment and executing judgment as a son of man to Daniel chapter 7. This was not lost on the Pharisees. They knew exactly what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying, I am the Messiah. I am the Christ. I will be uh, seated on the, on the throne of judgment. I will be executing judgment uh, over all peoples. Pharisees knew exactly what Jesus was claiming. And they hated Him for saying it. Now remember the context. This has been several weeks ago, but at the beginning of, of John chapter 5, where was Jesus? He was in Jerusalem. But where specifically was He? He was beside this pool. There was this man who had been a paralytic for 38 years. And Jesus healed that man. 
and then told him to take up his, his mat and walk. And this started the discussion. The Pharisees were so angry that Jesus would tell this man to break the Sabbath that they engaged Jesus. And so this is part of that discussion. Forget the fact that Jesus has just healed this person. Um, and it's not only had He healed that person, but His reputation for healing and doing miracles was already well established in Jerusalem. And in their hatred for Jesus, the Pharisees do not, do not pause to consider that He really may be who He is claiming to be. Have you seriously considered that Jesus is the Christ? That He is the Messiah? That He, that you will stand before Him and face Him on the day of judgment? Have you thought what this means for your life? Thomas Watson, one of the Puritans, said, Men think it a shame to be ignorant of their trade, like their employment, um, and what they do for a living. But no shame to be ignorant of God. How many people know all the ins and outs of their profession and are great experts at what they do for a living? And yet, believe in God but are basically ignorant of Him. Doesn't this describe the poll numbers that we, that we looked at at the beginning of the sermon? 68% of, of people believe that, that Jesus rose from the dead, or 64% that Jesus rose from the dead as described in the Bible. Do 64% of people in America really know what it means to, to worship God? Do they really know much more about Jesus Christ than what they've heard in the Sunday school? Thomas Watson asks a great question, or, or makes a great point. Men think it a shame to be ignorant of their trade, but no shame to be ignorant of God. It's just amazing. The vast majority of Americans who believe in the resurrection of Christ, who believe in the day of judgment, they don't think it through all the way in terms of the implications. The resurrection of Christ, the reality of the day of judgment, should lead us to have a very serious view of life. If Christ is risen from the dead, then there will be a day of judgment. If there is a day of judgment, then there will be a resurrection of the righteous and the wicked to stand before Christ on the day of judgment. In fact, Thomas Watson again in another place said, we are more sure, we are more sure to arise out of our graves than to rise out of our beds. Stop and consider that you will stand before Jesus Christ that you will look Him face to face and that you will be judged for everything that you have ever done. Who can stand in His presence? 
I love what Billy Graham said. He said, if we are Christians, then we have already come through the storm of judgment. Our judgment was paid at the cross. Now the question is, will you participate in the resurrection of life or will you participate in the resurrection of judgment? All of us will participate in the resurrection. All of us will participate in either one, the resurrection of life or the resurrection of judgment. Matthew 25 describes it. How all the dead were, st- were standing before the Lord Jesus Christ and He's on, um, He's on His judgment seat. And He separated the sheep from the goats. The sheep on His right, the goats on His left. We'll be there one day. Where will you, what resurrection will you participate in? Verse 28 and 29, as I've already mentioned, speak of the final resurrection. In fact, in verse 28, um, Jesus says, For an hour is coming. In other words, it's, it's future, it's coming. But look back at verses 25 and 26. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in Himself, so He has granted the Son also to have life in Himself. He's talking about a here and a now. What does He mean by a resurrection that is coming and is now here? What he's speaking of is a spiritual resurrection. He's speaking of a resurrection from spiritual death to spiritual life. In other words, going back to John chapter 3, he's speaking of being born again. In Genesis, when we were looking through Genesis, we saw week after week the the constant refrain, the the constant theme, uh, what it means to live by faith. Abraham was the man of faith. And so he was called to to follow God into impossible situations. He was called to to trust God even when it seemed like the worst possible outcome uh, would result. Abraham, go sacrifice your son. Genesis 22. What did Abraham do? He lived by faith. And he went to sacrifice his son. Time and time again, through the book of Genesis, we are called to see, live by faith. Live by faith. That's what we are called. The just shall live by faith. Here in the book of of, uh, John, we are called to trust in Christ. To believe the Gospel. And this theme comes up over and over again about being born again. It says it in different ways. And so here we are. Jesus is saying it in a different way. Truly, truly, I say to you, to paraphrase, you must be born again. Or as He says it, truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. He paints a picture of a person who is dead. Completely dead. And all of a sudden, 
this person is going to hear the voice of the Son of God. And in hearing their voice, hearing His voice, it says that those who hear will live. Going back to verse 24 um, from last week, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears My Word and believes Him who sent Me has eternal life. And so when you hear the voice of the Son of God, then you believe it and then you have life. And so He's saying, uh, He's speaking here of a spiritual uh, resurrection. We have uh, funerals here from time to time. And at some of the funerals, or the memorial service, um, we'll have the visitation ahead of time, and then um, we'll close the casket uh, on uh, most occasions, almost all occasions actually as I think about it, which I think is a good practice during the memorial service, to close the casket after the visitation or the viewing. And there's a casket up here on this table. That person is dead. Their soul has left their body. And um, that empty body is is there, uh, awaiting the judgment, awaiting the, the resurrection. Uh, at the end of history. But what if I were to go up to that dead person and say, dead person, arise and live. You would not expect them, their bodies to, to raise up and, and, and have life. It would be impossible. So also spiritually, everyone who is born into this world Born spiritually dead. Ephesians 2, uh, verse 1. As for you, you are dead in your trespasses and sins. And what must happen is you must be made alive. And that's what happens when you are born again, when you are uh, raised to life spiritually. What happens? Verse 25. You hear the voice of the Son of God. In other words, God speaks by His Word. And He uses His Spirit to awaken you from spiritual death to spiritual life. And so you hear the voice of the Son of God in His Word. And you hear it. And you believe it. And your life is new. It is changed. This is regeneration or being born again. And so what Jesus is telling the Pharisees is you believe in the resurrection thing is, you're headed in the wrong direction. You are headed, he is telling them, to the resurrection of judgment. And he says, you need to be headed to the resurrection of life. And he's telling them, listen to the voice of the Son of God. Listen to the voice of the Messiah. In other words, he's saying, listen to me and trust in me. Have you listened to the Lord Jesus Christ and trusted in Him? If not... You may feel very much uh, alive, but spiritually you are dead. Last summer, or no, last spring, uh, spring before last, I guess it was. 
Yeah, spring before last. We we took a family vacation up to New York City. We uh, drove up I-75 and uh, went on up to my parents, spent the night, drove on up 75 up to Chattanooga, picked up our two girls from college, headed um, northeast up on, on 75, eventually to 81, cut over from 81 in the Shenandoah Valley over to Washington, D.C., hit 90, I-95 up to Philadelphia, over to the Jersey Turnpike. Uh, I guess I would say, and on up into New York. Uh, We were going on the expressways almost the entire way there. But what if we had gone up 75, hit I-10, and decided to go west? Still expressways. Would we have ever made it to New York City? No, of course not. There are a lot of people who are saying that there are many ways to God. But all you have to do is believe in God and you'll get to heaven. No. There's only one way and it's through Jesus Christ. And there's only one way that you have life. And that is by listening to the Word, uh, to the voice of the Son of God and believing and you have life. You will be raised from spiritual death to spiritual life. And so let me ask you this morning, first of all, to return to a subject uh, earlier in the sermon. Are you ignorant of God? Does it really matter to you who God is, what it means to believe in Him? And then secondly, and related to it, Are you listening to His voice? Are you believing His Word? Let's pray together. Father, I pray that everyone here would listen to the voice of the Son of God as He speaks to us from His Holy Word. And not only listen, but believe Lest we be like the man who, looking at his face in the mirror, immediately goes away, forgets what he looks like. But may we look intently with the eyes of faith and so live and so participate in the resurrection of life at the end of history and so love you and live with you for all time. I ask in Jesus' name, Amen.